Create Sunday is going to be a lot of fun next week. And so if you don't know what it's about, we've got artists exhibiting here from 9.30 and there's going to be a great cafe vibe somehow. Um, and then the service actually, we're just kind of like going to, um, you know, it's just going to be decadent with creativity and stuff. Yeah, decadent. It is a good word, eh? Hey, I just want to share. I've had this. I had this dream about two weeks ago, and my staff are probably going to be sick of me telling the story because I've talked about it a lot. But it was just on my mind again today, and I think it could be pertinent for a couple of people here. Um, two weeks ago, as I was just waking up Sunday morning, I was um, had this dream. I popped out of the um, the airport terminal onto the runway, looked down the runway, and uh, much to my horror, there were giant waves about to break all over me. And so this huge wave just came down the runway and then um, broke. And I thought I was going to die. I was terrified. I was like, oh, I don't even have a life jacket. And um, then when it broke, though, it turned to rain. And I was like, oh, phew, I'm not going to die. And then another one broke on me and, and turned to rain. And, and then I woke up and I was like, wow, that was, that was, a, that was a God dream. Um, and I've asked God about what, what that meant. And, um, you know, there's a couple of things in there uh, in general. And that is, you know, that waves are very symbolic of revival in, um, in New Zealand. We had Ian Wright here sharing earlier in the year. And he was talking about the wave that he saw of revival. And, and also, you know, revival is, is really dead things coming to life, isn't it? It's, and that's because people's hearts are touched with his love. You know, that's where revival starts. And, and then uh, the, the airport, well, you know, the airport is a place where uh, things land. And so I thought, gee, this is quite amazing because it, it, I, I'm really sensing like revival, I don't know, the love of God, the heart of God is about to land is about to, you know, break open and break forth and rain on our lives. And um, just this morning, though, specifically, I, I've just been feeling for those ones who are looking at their circumstances and it looks intimidating, like a big wave is about to break over you and destroy you. And, um, and yet when that wave broke over me, it turned to rain. And I want to encourage you in this season that those things that are intimidating you and frustrating you and maybe are filling you with fear look to the promise of God in them and to see his goodness break over your life and that that is intimidating you will actually refresh you and be a blessing to you so that's just kind of what I was feeling in my heart today and I wanted to share that with you um so yeah, God's doing some amazing, amazing things. And this morning, I'm going to share uh, from Isaiah 60. I'm sure I do like Isaiah 60 once a year. Um, it's kind of that that message that I really feel that as a church we need to carry as a heart. It's the Arise, Shine scripture. And we've got um, PowerPoints here today. And because next week we're talking, we're, we're dedicating this to creativity, but we know that creativity is not just limited limited to the arts. You know, God is is creative beyond measure and everyone has the capacity, the capacity, I don't know if that's a word, or the compacity, but one of them, uh, anyone's got, everyone's got the capacity to be creative in their sphere of influence, in their life. God has got his DNA interwoven into us and so he wants to use and fulfill and bless and create people uh, who are people who shine 
out His hope and His goodness. I was just thinking this morning about, you know, the Wright brothers weren't artists, but man, what they created, you know, these were the guys that launched the first um, powered flight and and the, the plane that they built was, it was a an art piece. It was amazing. It was just incredible. And it was, it was new technology and it was, you know, it was probably God's idea. You know, they stole the idea off the off the, the wing of a bird and, and suddenly they had done something cutting edge. And, you know, God does cut, wants to do cutting edge things in our lives and in our hearts. So we've got a bit of a, we've got the glow thing happening today. Um, and I've got an acronym that kind of builds uh, throughout uh, the message. So let's just get to it. So in Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises on you. You know, this is awesome. You know, being established in love means that we get to be established in his light. We get to be established with his light, with his radiance around our light, with where he um, shows us things that we would have never seen as if his light hadn't shone on our lives. He's the one who wants to uncover and reveal to you your purpose for life. He is the one who wants to uncover and reveal his goodness for the community around you. You know, I can stand up here and we can, we're a great uh, staff team here at church and we, we want to see God bless this community, but we cannot do this without every individual engaging with God's intentions for their lives. You know, we are the church. I'm not the church. We're the church, you know. And then, and then it's awesome because God says he will build his church. He's going to do it. He's going to do that in us. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to look to just to this one person to make it happen. But we just got to be available for him to start shining through our lives. He says arise and shine, not arise and fail. You know, his glory, I love this, arrives. His glory wants to move higher over our lives. And maybe you're like, man, what is the glory? Well, maybe I would just feel like glory is over my ankles at the moment. I don't, I don't have much glory around my life. You know, God wants to arise over your life. It's an ever arising glory that He has for your life. And if it's at your, it's at your ankles at the moment and you're like, I don't, there's not much evidence that God is real in my life, then give Him thanks for what you've got. Give Him thanks for what He's done because He wants your glory. He wants to see His glory level rise over your life um, today and in the future. For your light has come, your light, your tailor-made light. You, you have a light. You have a light. You know, this is your light. This is cool. We all have our own light to shine. He has got a light that is tailor-made to shine in your life. Do you know the word glory in Hebrew, it means korbod. Well, it actually doesn't mean korbod. That is the word korbod, all right? So korbod. Everyone say korbod. So I did a little bit of research, and it means this. So this is what we're going to see rising over our lives, okay? This is what needs to just go from your ankles to your knee. This is the weight, the splendor, the abundance, and the honor of God. He actually wants to just kind of give you some of that. You know, you don't have to be anyone super duper amazingly special or think that you need to have uh, the best qualification and and have uh, been to the best schools and done the best, you know, the God wants to just take you as you are and let his goodness shine in your light today. He wants you to be someone who actually gets enmeshed with the weight and the splendor and the abundance and the honor of who he is. 
So that emanates through your life. So how do we glow in the marketplace? And that's what I'm going to be looking at today. And I want to give you some take-home points on lifting the lid on his light in your life. And this is surprising, actually, because the scripture I want to go to today in Exodus 35, I've got that on PowerPoint as well, but I will hear the rustling of Bibles or the turning on of iPads. Um, Isaiah 35, verse 30 to 35. This is amazing because this is a dimension of God's glory on someone's life that um, is, is unexpected, I would think, because we think when God does something glorious, it's all about the... The, the miracle or the sign and the wonder and the healing and the, that's awesome but there's this here too and then Moses and this is about the building of the tent of meeting okay the tent of meeting was kind of like where the, the ark of the covenant went and and there's this guy here that we're going to find out about then Moses said to the sons of Israel see the Lord is called by name Bezael son of Uri the son of Hur the tribe of Judah and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and in all craftsmanship to make designs for working in gold and in silver and in bronze and in cutting of stones for settings and in the carving of wood so as to perform in every attempt of work. He has filled him with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer and of an embroider in blue and in purple and in scarlet material and in fine linen and of a weaver as performers of every work and makers of design. Isn't that amazing? God, God's attention to detail. Bezaeli, or whatever his name was, he was charged with creating the Ark of the Covenant. And this, this was an amazing box where there was uh, items put in and, and it was completely covered in gold and it had two angels sculpted on it with their, at each end with their wings touching. And, and this, was, this, this Ark was, where, was symbolic of God's presence and it's where God's presence dwelt in the tent of meeting. And God charged this man with creating something amazing to reflect his glory. He commissioned this man and he blessed his talent and he said, go on, go and do it. See, I love, there's, there's things here because Bezalel's, 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 that's how you say it, eh? Someone, someone know how to say this word? Bezalilis, ability. Anyway, this guy, Bees, we'll call him Beezy. He couldn't and he wouldn't have been able to do this level of craftsmanship without God's intervention. It says that the glory touched his life and that he was filled with the Spirit of God. He was filled with the Spirit of God to be able to start this project. And then it says that God filled him with skill in the assignment of his craft. That's awesome, eh? That's like he didn't have to do anything and suddenly he was amazing. Who wants some of that? Because God said. 
He was, he was, no doubt he was a craftsman and he was stewarding what God had given him and he was available to work and he was diligent in his task. But then all of a sudden, God just flicked the switch and he was upgraded. Do you know, I just want to share a quick story. When I was, uh, uh, I knew I was called to, to uh, preaching and pastoring and, and I felt that affinity with that call on my life. And for years, I struggled with the microphone. For years, like I struggled preaching. I would have my notes and I would read every word for word and I hated being in front of people. And, and some of it was because I had some bad experiences at school and, and the teacher like shamed me out in front of the class. And But I hated it. I actually, hated preaching and uh, sorry if you got wet then and I hated it and I would pray I would be like God if there's any spare talent lying around send some my way I need it bad can't you see me on Friday nights at you struggling away like it's it's horrible and um, I remember this one day though where I had an opportunity to preach in church. And and I remember the name of the message. It was called Lay Down Your Guns. And it was probably six or seven years ago, and something changed. And I'm not trying to say that I'm the world's greatest preacher by any stretch of the imagination, but something changed, and I got better, and I got freer, and God blessed me, and I was filled with His Spirit, and I improved. <laughs> you know, it was by His grace. It was by His grace that I could do that at a new level. Do you know? Oh, thank you. You're lovely. <laughs> I want you to get this today that our God is limitless. And that means that that is limitlessness for your life, for your world. And I want to just stop here. And I did say I didn't want you to stand again, but I'd like you to stand because I reckon we could always do with an upgrade, you know, like a free upgrade. We like those, don't we? So um, let's just take a moment and receive refreshing from God in those talents that we really desire to grow in our lives and we desire to bless Him with you know the first thing we just need to do right now I believe is just dedicate those talents and gifts to God right now let's just do that Lord we just dedicate our gifts and our talents to you today Lord those things that we wake up on Monday morning to go and do or those things that we're doing outside of work time that bring us enjoyment and bring you pleasure Lord Lord we dedicate our service to you today God Lord our level of intelligence God Lord, our, our desire to be creative, God. Lord, our desire to learn, Father. Lord, the things that we feel stuck in at the moment, Lord, we dedicate that to you right now, Lord, and thank you that you can work this together for good. And, and Lord, right now, God, we, we receive from you, Holy Spirit, an upgrade. <laughs> we receive your filling, Holy Spirit. It was the first thing that Beezy received (laughs) that was the filling and we receive your filling into this area in our lives lord we receive greater skill today by your grace we receive greater insight today by your grace we thank you for your supernatural ability coming around us lord do it again in our lives lord you're awesome amen 
She was excited. <laughs> Take a seat. That's good, eh? You know, like we are not called to strive in life. And um, as you've heard me say before, the, the crown of thorns, Jesus wore that on the cross as, a, as it was symbol, symbolic of toil being broken over our lives, the weeds and the toil being broken. So we can, we can know freedom and joy as we go to work on Monday mornings, as we engage with those other creative pursuits in our lives. And I love free upgrades. Come on. This is good. Supersize me. Okay. Um, next, next slide um, from Isaiah 60. Um, See darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is all over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And the word here is light. And in 1 Kings, verse t- uh, chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, there's a PowerPoint for that as well. This is, this is of Solomon. And, and, and this is amazing because here we have a queen. At, at verse, uh, in verse 3 of, of Isaiah 60, it says, Kings will be brought to the brightness of your dawn. And here we have the queen of Sheba being brought in to the presence of Solomon. And, and um, like, this is cool. This is his house. This is, this is where he hangs out. This is his scene. He's an amazing man who was totally blessed by God. And so when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house which he had built, the food at his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his ministers and their attire, the cupbearers in their attire, the stairway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, she was breathless. She was overwhelmed. She was struck with awe of what God had done in this place. Do you know, people notice brilliance. They know the, you know, when you're, when you're getting high beamed going down Lineside Road and it's like, ah, you know, you can't help but noticing and you can't sort of look away because you crash. You just see this high beam. People notice people who are shining brightly. And no doubt it, that Solomon was a brilliant man. And here we have the Queen of Sheba being attracted to Solomon because of the brightness of his life. So what was the queen of Sheba drawn to? And I believe it was Solomon's wisdom because light shines through wisdom. Light shines through wisdom. Light gives hope through wisdom. You know, wisdom's like one of those building block foundational words. It sounds boring, but actually when you think of all the cool things that an iPhone can do and and that technology has given us, it's done through wisdom. And so light shines through wisdom. And the queen of Sheba came to Solomon because she had heard of his fame. That's what the Bible actually says. And, and she wasn't disappointed. She even went to say, no questions were too hard for him to answer. This is pretty impressive, I think, from a guy to a girl point of view. You know, no questions were too hard for him to answer. Because I get baffled sometimes. You know, this was before the book of the five love languages, and men are from Mars, and women are from Venus. And here we have, like, this king who, I mean, he does have a few women around him, fair to say. Uh, but he had the answers, he had the insight. He had the reason, uh, the reasoning because he was attached to, the, to God. He was attached to the shining goodness of the Father. And I love what struck the Queen of Sheba. This is what struck her. Everywhere she looked, she was just blown away. It says, from the house that he had built. 
from the food on his table, from the seating of his servants, the staircase. I mean, who gets knocked off their socks by a staircase? But this lady was like, wow, the staircase. The attendants of his ministers, the ones that looked after her, that cared for her, that, was, that were there for her. And even what the cupbearers were wearing were like, wow, fashion week. You know, everything that Solomon had, she had never experienced that level of glory before. And she was a queen. She came with perfumes and like that was the, the Bible says that actually that there was never been a load of perfumes and fragrances enter into a kingdom as the Queen of Sheba brought with her. Do you know there's something about hanging around Jesus that gets on our lives, that affects every part of our life. You know, the details of our life, the environment that we live in. God can speak through how you set your your landscaping up, your home decor. We've got it all in here. Like she is blown away by the details of Solomon's life. It's speaking to her of what God is doing in his life. And our lives can be the same. I know we're not all called to be Solomon and live in a palace. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of cool? But, you know, our lives have the ability to speak and reflect and shine just by what we do with what we do. And her response is this. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. That's your response. Praise be to God for what he's doing in your life. You know, the evidence of God's delight, this is it. The evidence of God's delight was so apparent in Solomon's life that she couldn't help but praise God. That she couldn't help but just let it out. I've got to praise God. Look at the evidence of what God is doing on your life. And I just want to put a little bit of a, a thing out there for you today. What is, what is the point of difference in our life that sets us apart from anyone else on your street, in your neighborhood, in your friendship group, at your workplace? What is the point of difference? What is the evidence that God is delighting in your life? Because my gosh, He is. He is delighting in your life. You know, we are called, like I said, to, to disciple this region We are called, that is me, that is Blair, you know, that is Sue, that's Pauline, that's Jack. We are called to disciple this region by showing our region a far greater alternative than what they're currently living with because we do have a far greater alternative. And the Holy Spirit wants to light the way for us to do that. A couple of fun little testimonies. Um... Lisa and Laura, hey, just sharing with me this week. They work for me at printing.com. And they were sharing with me that they had a lady come into the shop a couple of weeks back. Is that about right? About a month ago. And she had had a scan, I think, and was showing that she could have cancer. Pretty much, yep. And she was fearful. And so Lisa and Laura took the time to pray with her in the shop it's amazing she came back a couple of weeks later had had the scan and she was all clear 
Isn't that awesome? That's very cool. Someone else here at Thrive by the name of Joe. He, I'll just share this, the nutshell version of the story because you'll get the details off Joe. He's amazing. Give us a wave, Joe. Yeah, man. Get the details on this one. But this is, Joe's got a, a, a work colleague, found out she was sick, um, went and asked her if he was, uh, if she knew that he was a, um, a Christian. This is on the day that she was sick. And um, she was like, yeah, maybe. And um, he says, when I pray, sometimes Jesus heals them. When I pray for people, it was, sometimes Jesus heals them. Can I pray for you? Puts his hand on her shoulder, feels the power of God, leaving his hand. She's like, whoa, is immediately healed and feels refreshed. And then I think you said that she felt guilty that she was off work. (laughs) You know, get amongst it. There's our point of difference, or there's one of the points of difference, isn't it? That we can move towards people. Verse 4, lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. And the O word here today, I believe, is for, for, for today is orphans. It says here that your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. See, I believe that God is going to send us sons and daughters that are not yet a part of our community. This always cuts me. I always get emotional when I talk about this stuff. He wants to send us daughters that aren't yet our daughters, sons that aren't yet our sons. You know, if we are to be that people that embraces God's heart for the orphans, the lost and the poor, I believe that we actually need to go on a journey of a heart change. We actually need to realize that, uh, for me, I don't have the capacity that I know God's calling me into yet. But I know that that's his heart for this community. For us to be a church that actually embraces, that actually does this, that is welcoming those ones that may be orphans. And, and maybe, maybe those orphans don't look like children, all right? Maybe those orphans are adults, okay, that just were never fathered, that were just never loved, that just never fitted in somewhere. You know, I'm not talking just about children, but I'm talking about people that don't have a connection with God. I'm talking about our community, Lift up your eyes and look about you. Notice others, is my word. Notice others. You don't have to go to Cambodia to be a missionary. Notice others. Reach out to others. Open your heart to others. There are people out there who just need you to notice and be that point of difference in their life. I just want to say something. When I was praying about this last night, I'm just going to skip over some stuff here. I just want to say that I think we've got some amazing parents here, by the way. Like, you guys are doing an incredible job raising your children. And 
And I know that many of you are looking beyond your own families to, to bless others as well. I just, when I was praying last night, I just saw that, um, that we would be a church that interacts with parents, other parents who don't know the truth that we take for granted. It's just a simple word, but that we will be um, a church that actually really empowers and blesses parents in, in this community that we will see uh, parents who have an orphan status over their life developing uh, you know, a connection with the father heart and then being able to release the father's nature into their children in a new, uh, in a new dimension. All right, let's go to uh, verse 5. Then you'll look and you'll be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seeds we brought to you, to the riches of the nations, will come. And the last W here, or the W for the glow, is actually handling wealth with wisdom. We, um, we have so many different people here today, uh, different prof- professions. We've got tradespeople, we've got farmers, we've got business leaders, we've got managers, public service people, pastors, artists. We've got a church here full of people who have a capacity to do something amazing for Jesus. You know, the Bible is jammed out with people who shone from their place of influence in society. But there were many others in the Bible who played their part in the the story that were like the unsung heroes. And I just want to spend a moment on the unsung heroes. Because this, the unsung hero handles wealth with, with wisdom. Because the Bible says what's true riches, true wealth is looking after orphans and widows, actually. And true, like we were talking about this verse in staff this week, that um, your care for others is the measure of your greatness. It's in the living translation, right? Your care for others is, is, the, me- is the measure of your greatness. That is true wealth. That is what true wealth. So we've got these unsung heroes here. And I want to just talk about the writer of the Gospel of, of Luke in closing. Just a couple of little things that Paul mentioned at the end of two letters. I don't have these on PowerPoint. One's in Colossians 4.14. It says, Luke, this is remembering Luke, the dearly loved physician, and Demas greet you. And then in 2 Timothy 4 verse 10 it says, For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonia. Only Luke is with me. See, Paul at this stage, was his health was actually unraveling. And he had Luke standing by him, attending to him. And who knows how many times, you know, you know, Paul in the Bible, he was the hero. He was the guy that received the lashings on the back. And, the, you know, he was probably attended to by Luke. See, Luke was a doctor. He was a physician. And he shows us that our vocations are not separate from our spiritual life. They're a part of our spiritual life. They're a part of God's call, God's intention for your life. We're not a Sunday Christian church. We're a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, blah, 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 church. This is, this is like, that is church, being amongst it. Releasing his glory out there, getting amongst our world, bringing light into the places that need it means that we need to start living different. When you look at Demas, see, in the first, message, uh, first letter, Demas was like commended. Yeah, good job. 
high five, Demas, you're the man. You've been, you're doing a great job. And the second one, it says that Demas became distracted from his call to shine. He became distracted by the world, it says. And I believe that was his distracted from his call to shine because the culture that he lived in became more bright than what he carried in his life because of where he was looking. We need to keep looking to the source of light. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of our faith. Faith, let him be your source of light and you will shine brighter. Don't become a Demas. Luke continued to use his occupation for the glory of God. Demas, I don't know how Demas demised, but he certainly, he lost his glow. So just a few things in closing, I want to lift the lid on that, that, can, that could stop us practically from shining. And we've just got this as the last PowerPoint slide as well. If I, you are awesome. Don't, here we go. Three, two, one, down arrow. There we go. Don't let the opinions of others control your life. I'm not going to say much more here because we don't have time. Come out from the pain of past failures. Stop procrastinating on the goals that matter to you. Start choosing to do something and stop choosing to do nothing. Stop making excuses rather than decisions. Don't overlook the positive points about your life. Michelangelo, before he carved an angel in marble, he said this, I saw, this is before he, he carved it, he said, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. I saw the angel and I carved until I set him free. Do you know God wants to show you a vision for your future? He wants to give you hope today for your week, your month, your next year, for what it looks like when you're 50 and you're 70. You know, if you've been expecting that your life is a steady downcline, then it's time to actually expect something better. You know, when you're 50, 60, 70, you're going up. You're going from glory to glory. God wants to give you a new vision so that you can live in a new freedom for your life. Can we just have the band up? We're going to close there this morning. And we'll stand again. <laughs> just as we, just before we sing this song, let's just catch something today from this. Let's just catch something. Let's just, let's just catch his glory, his abundance, his honor, his splendor today because you're a part of that his glory is shining and rising over your life holy spirit we just thank you for your glory lord that's a out there word but we thank you that you show us in your scripture lord that it means getting practical as well it means going the extra mile it means staying true to who we are. Lord, it means that our creativity can be invaded by you. And we just want to thank you for your glory rising, Lord, over our families as we parent, Lord, over our friends as we hang out, God. We thank you for moments of glory and opportunity, Lord, in our coming week. We thank you for increased light coming around our lives, God. Refreshing today, God, for those who have felt intimidated by big things bearing down on them, Lord. We thank you and declare that refreshing is coming and on the way today, God. 
Lord, lift our eyes up, God, today. Lift our eyes up to those who need to be noticed. noticed. <laughs> Lord, we just lift our eyes up, Lord. Help us see as we haven't seen before. Help us to get our eyes off ourselves, Lord. Help me to do that, God. Help us to go on adventures that will take courage, Lord. But we want to say yes again to you, Lord, to be the one who leads us today, God. Lord, give us wisdom today. Give us wisdom with our wealth. Give us wisdom with our words, God. Give us wisdom as we carve a trail over the coming year, Lord, over the coming weeks, Lord. Give us wisdom. We need you, Lord. We need your glory to shine. In your awesome name, amen.